to Grow on the Go. Today um, on Grow on the Go, in, I was going to say in the Blanket Fort because that's where we record, um, but you're not in the Blanket Fort, you're on Zoom, is Chet Kennedy. Hi, Ket- Hi Chet. Hey, thanks for having <laughs> me on. Well, I was excited to have you on because um, as we get towards summer, I love to um, talk about books that help us grow in our faith and um, I heard through my husband, you are just an avid reader. So tell us a little bit about your reading, your reading life. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I think I had a number of years where I was probably a five book a year reader. Um, and to me that, um, that was sort of enough. And I went through a bit of a personal transformation kind of journey um, and along with some other things in my life that I kind of got fixed, I also determined to become a reader. So I, I think it was 2019, I read 50 books. Um, 2020, I read 145 books. Um, and at this point in 2021, I have just passed the threshold of 50 books read. So um, yeah, it's, it's a remarkable thing that I'm really enjoying. And then I wow. review them on my Instagram and on my Facebook um, to sort of keep my, I guess the um, followers love the reviews because they get to find out should they read the book or not. Cause yeah, exactly. I don't give it a favorable review. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what, why don't you give your um, Instagram or whatever you uh, do it on um, your social media handles. And that way, if people want to, you know, use you as their book reviewer, reviewer, they can. Sure. Yeah. Um, you can find me on Instagram at, at Chet, C-H-E-T underscore Kennedy, K-E-N-N-E-D-Y. Okay. And I'll put that on the description of the podcast too, so people can find it. Perfect. So um, you read an, an unusual book for a man to read, I would think, <laughs> um, called Motherhood, A Confession by Natalie Carnes. Tell me why you decided to read this particular book. I actually, um, I don't know if I could say I decided to read this book. To be honest, I picked up Motherhood by Natalie Carnes because it was assigned to me. In my last semester, I took a theology class as part of my Master's of Leadership degree from Ambrose Seminary here in Calgary. And I was asked to contrast and compare Motherhood, um, a confession by Natalie Carnes and um, Augustine's Confessions, so um, by Saint Augustine. Wow, that sounds pretty heady. It it was an amazing journey, and it turned out to be quite beautiful. But at the beginning, I was pretty intimidated. Yeah, I think I would be too. So, can you sort of summarize the theme of the book Mother Motherhood in a paragraph, and maybe also talk to us about why you were asked to contrast and compare these two books? Sure. Yeah. Um, So Motherhood, A Confession by Natalie Carnes. It's a fictional memoir and theological book. It's based upon some real life experiences that Carnes has had as a mother. Um, And my journey through this book was made all the more beautiful because 
of the contrast with St. Augustine's Confessions. Uh, Confessions is written from the perspective of a young man pursued by God and motherhood from the perspective of a mom who is pursuing God and seeing him through her experience as a mom. So uh, I read it paragraph by paragraph. So motherhood, and then I would go to Augustine's Confessions and you could see the different themes coming out of the chapters. You could see how something that was written so long ago by Augustine um, Natalie Collins. How, sorry, approximately what was um, Augustine's life, lifespan? Like, no, I have no idea. About, it's sort of middle ages, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely yeah. middle ages. Okay. Close enough. <laughs> Wish I'd done that research before I jumped on. <laughs> no problem. You never know what I'm going to ask you, you know? Totally. That's all good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like sequentially, paragraph to paragraph, were you comparing or were you jumping around the books? Um, no, it was actually quite um, sequentially. So um, chapter one, the theme in chapter one, usually you could find Augustine's Confessions covers his entire lifetime um, and this journey where he starts out away from God, um, but you can see God kind of pulling him in in these different spots. And what Carnes does is she takes kind of chapter by chapter and takes a theme uh, one of Augustine's themes from a chapter, and she mirrors it in her own fictional memoir. Oh, fictional memoir. Yeah. Wow. Okay. This is getting deeper and deeper all the time. Yeah. So what, what basically um, at the very back of Karn's book um, in her notes section, she does clarify that um, in the, in motherhood, um, so I'll just read that while the story narrated here is based on my experience as a mother, I have modified some of the events in my telling of them. I have three daughters, not just one. And I've pulled episodes from the lives of all of them into this story. So um, when you read the book, it sounds like she's one, uh, like a mom of one daughter. Right. And it's, it's the con contest of wills that carries the majority of the book. Okay, and so is the contest of wills that she has with her daughter kind of mirroring the contest of wills that Augustine had with God? Yes, and it's also the journey of her as a mom um, recognizing, like at, at first when you are a parent, or even before you're a parent, you're just one person, and it's just you dealing with life and dealing with God and all of that. And then she talks about creating this life. And then there's this desire to have this life kind of follow the rules and, and behave. And so she then contrasts her journey as being mom, but also being herself. And then how God is pursuing who, but God, God, sorry, God is pursuing her, but God is also pursuing her child. Mm. Um, and so it's this, there's a mirror in Augustine's confessions, but there's also this, alternate story which is really beautiful well boy i i get that journey having had two daughters and you're a dad so you yep. you get it too um there were times um my oldest daughter was my really strong-willed one but my youngest daughter kevin who normally uh, co-hosts with me um what went through a very dark time in her adolescence and um she was suicidal at points um, and really distanced herself from her dad and me. 
she wouldn't even let us be her Facebook friends. Wow. <laughs> However, she let her Auntie Debbie be a Facebook friend. And of, mm. I mean, not thinking that anytime there was something really dark, Auntie Debbie was going to be telling me. <laughs> but there were times in the journey, it was so painful to have this child who would not engage with me that I put away all her pictures of her as a little girl. I couldn't look at them. It was too painful because she was so open and loving and, and tender. Um, and she came back to me, um, thankfully, right. obviously, or we wouldn't be doing a, a podcast together. But <laughs> uh, the idea that she might not was probably the most painful thing I've ever experienced. And I did understand in a new way, the pain that I cause God when my, my heavenly father, when I, I don't make time for him, or I distance myself from him. Wow. Yeah, for sure. So is that sort of some of the content of the book, I'm assuming? Oh, absolutely. See, Carnes tackles many common themes in her writing from the struggle between work and rest, which we all run into, the emotional right. turmoil of wrestling with being a mother and being herself or the battle of wills that it takes to follow God while raising kids while also living in a broken world. Um, and she uses all kinds of scriptural illustrations from Mary and Martha or Jesus and Lazarus, contrasting them with contemporary stories from popular culture or historical women. Um, she just covers all kinds of ter uh, territory. She even shares about her daughter's experience at drama camp. And then that takes a turn into the realms of Black Lives Matter, women in the world of patriarchy and death at the hands of injustice. Wow. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it covers so many incredible themes. And then I think the struggle for her is turning suffering and injustice into teachable moments for her and for her daughter and allowing that suffering to shape their responses. So when I asked you to um, share from one of the many, many books you've read recently, why, why did you choose this one? Was it impactful to you personally? Um, absolutely. Uh, as a Christian, a father, a sinner, and a pastor, I can say uh, reading motherhood was a beautiful experience. I was reminded so often of my own journey as a Christ follower. The best way I have to describe the healing, changing work of God in my own life is through the concept of boxes. All throughout my life, I have felt as though I have placed God or my limited understanding of him in a box. And that understanding or that version of God carried me through a time in my life and through his providence and desire to build me into his new creation, God has unboxed himself. And many times that unboxing came as a result of pain or a lesson I was to learn. In all those times, I could look back and see God at work through the unboxing, even though the memory of that process was not always beautiful. And when I look back, as Carnes did, I can see the hand of God and the prayers of parents, mentors, and loved ones at work. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, it had a huge kind of emotional impact on me. It also very clearly reminded me of spiritual lessons that I also had to learn. God does not like being in boxes. No. <laughs> <laughs> and every time we think we've got him figured out, he goes, oh, but there's more. Yeah. Totally. Yep. Okay. So is there a favorite quote from the book that you want to share? I think 
Um, one, of mo- one of the most compelling visuals Karn shares is the tale of a monk who creates a whirlpool in a well of water. And he asks this younger monk to see himself in the pool. And the younger monk must wait until the water settles to see his own reflection. And then the older monk says, to see in your spirit a reflection of God, the waters of your soul must be still. And that was such a beautiful reminder that often when life is chaotic and we feel the compulsion to speed up, God is actually commanding us to be still. Mm, That really is beautiful. One of the, it reminds me of a really impactful thing that I read. Uh, I've read the book a couple of times, actually, The Gift of Being Yourself by uh, Brenner. I don't know if you've read it. You should if you haven't. I'll put Uh, it on my list. Put it on your list. Um, He says that, uh, and I won't get the quote right, but the idea that we need to, to really know ourselves, we need to watch God watching us. Wow. So in other words, see ourselves from God's perspective and to understand what he feels toward us. Um, Is that sort of what you're saying? Yeah, well, I mean, in so many ways, yeah. Like throughout the book, I was reminded of those days when my kids were young and trying to sort out the hills to die on. Um, And when raising kids in church, it seems that it's just one more place where your kids need to make friends, where your family has to find belonging. And if I'm being honest, one more environment where your parenting is on trial, especially as a pastor. Uh, So motherhood reminded me that the more important journey and relationship is between me and God. And the kids will have to find their own way to God. They have to find their own personal relationship. And we can't handhold them to that saving decision. Ultimately, they have to make their minds up on their own. Um, and it's, it's really a beautiful thing to watch her through the book struggle with that concept. Hmm. So was there a certain scripture that really came alive for you as you read this book? Um, for me, I don't know if it's necessarily central scripture in her book, but I was reminded throughout of Peter's vision in Acts 10 where Peter has a vision of a sheet full of animals being lowered to earth. And God tells Peter, get up and kill and eat. And Peter refuses to, to because he is concerned about following the law. Right. And then a representative from Cornelius comes and requests that Peter come and speak to his master. And through these interactions, Peter realizes that his own understanding of God and specifically who God desired to save was too small. Uh, for Peter, that was a box-opening moment. And through motherhood, Carnes relates her own moments of thinking too small and realizing that God is bigger than she previously understood. So maybe not a central scripture, but it rang true throughout the book for me. Right. Were there any moments that, that kind of made you laugh? Like, is there any humor in this book or is that all pretty heavy? Oh, there's, there's lots of humor. Um, in, in the fact that Carnes is a mom and she's talking about her daughter and there's these, um, I don't know if the moments would be, there's some painful, there's some embarrassments. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually a great scene in chapter seven. Um, I'll just read the, the starting of it and we can all relate. Okay. Um, it says the chapter seven domination says we are locked in a bathroom in a cafe 
While washing our hands, you had elbowed your friend in the nose, and now you won't apologize for hurting her. It was an accident, you claim. Why apologize for an accident? Your friend is upset. Her mother is outside reserving a table for us. I will not let you out of the bathroom until you apologize. If you refuse, you will lose the pink lemonade we came for. And this paragraph turns into this long story of the battle of wills with this. I believe she was five at the time. Like she's just this tiny kid who is like, I didn't do anything wrong. It was an accident, but her mom insists that she apologize. And that um, story actually made me very angry um, just because throughout the book, you're watching this, this battle of wills. Um, and I felt bad for her daughter actually. <laughs> Um, but the chapter does an incredible job of pointing out our own folly and actually, uh, you know, Carnes and Augustine struggle to give our own will over. Well, to yeah, God. I was going to say that was all about will, right? Like the little kid, all about why will. could you not say, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to do that, but I'm sorry you got hurt, right? Oh, man, that story just brings to mind a, a, a story from our our family. We were at Boston Pizza for dinner with our two girls, I think. Kendall, our oldest, was maybe, I don't know, I'm going to say between 10 and 12. And um, we were sitting, <laughs> we were sitting at a table and there was this cold air blowing on us. And so we decided, we asked to be moved to a different table. And she had kicked her shoes off underneath the table or flip-flops or whatever they were and forgotten. And so we moved to this other table. We were eating they seated another family at the table we were at and then Kendall remembered with horror. And at that stage, she was so easily embarrassed and Randy asked her to just go back to the table and excuse herself, explain the situation to the other family and retrieve her shoes. And she would not do it. And it turned into this monstrous battle of wills that that she shouldn't have allowed to happen, but neither should we have allowed to happen. It was just, yep, yep. it was ridiculous. Anyway, I relate. <laughs> I, I relate. think another piece that uh, I think it's so important for us as parents, and I know it's a struggle, um, but I think learning to say sorry to our kids absolutely uh, is so life-changing for so many parents. But I think all of us maybe grew up with, a parents or parental structure that for some reason didn't allow for a, wow, I really messed up here. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, but I, I've seen that small, tiny breakthrough uh, as a youth pastor. I've got 20 years of experience um, in youth ministry. And to me, the, the small admittance, I'm sorry, <laughs> Um, goes a long way with the child. Absolutely huge. Yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> we were speaking at a family camp one time, or I guess Randy was, I was just there with the kids. They were little. And one of the young staff was so impressed with our kids. And he said, Oh, you know, what is your parenting strategy? You must be really good at this. And I said, constant raging tempered by frequent apologies. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. He was a little Absolutely bit perfect. He was a little bit shocked to hear me said say that, and I was only sort of kidding because yeah. you know I lost it way too many times. But one thing we were pretty good at is asking for forgiveness, <laughs> and it makes right. a big difference. Because yeah. yeah. you know what, our kids know we're wrong sometimes. They know 
that sometimes the decisions we make are unjust because we're not really interested in justice. We just want them to be quiet. Right. <laughs> you know, they totally. know we're flawed and sinful. And when we won't admit that, um, that just, that diminishes us in their eyes, I think. For sure. Yeah. So you read so many books. Yeah. How do you, how do you remember what's really critical about a certain book? Like what will you never forget about this book? Or what do you well, that- hope? What do you hope you'll never forget? <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's a great question. Um, as, as you said, I am an avid re- reader. I consume books. Usually I read them, I take some knowledge from it, and I move on. Uh, and that's actually the reason I started reviewing them on my social media accounts, okay. so that I could retain some of the learnings. Um, there have been very few books that have actually, I would say, impacted significant change in me um, in themselves. But having said that, I have noticed on this journey of reading that multiple books of the same subject have created lasting change in me. As I read books, even books from different genres, but that can feature similar themes, the compounding of information has become insurmountable. Um, So since I read Motherhood and St. Augustine Confessions, um, a new translation by Henry Chadwick together, I'm finding it difficult to separate the life change. Um, So I will say this, in both books, although the journey to a new understanding of who we are and who we know God to be is different, the stops along the way are remarkably similar. There is a searching, there is a finding of mentors and philosophy, there's a turning from previous understandings to a new perspective, there's a wrestling, however that wrestling looks, and there is a new decision, a new conviction, a new direction, And then it seems that we start that whole process again. Uh, In my denomination, the Christian Missionary Alliance, we call that process sanctification, uh, the process that God uses to shape us into who he desires to be. Uh, And so for me, I would say this book specifically reminded me that I am on a journey of discovering who God is to me and to others, even though I've known him since I was four years old. Wow. So you talked about the the transformation, the sanctification. What what major changes have you made in your life as a result of reading this book? Maybe you just Um, talked about. (laughs) I think the desire for patience um, has grown stronger in me. Um, the, see, my kids are all adults now, but just the idea of allowing them to grow, um, has been a journey. And and so for me, even through reading this book and, and through seeing her journey as a mom, I've been reminded that, um, you know, when my kids come up with a new plan, um, my first response may not be great. Um, and so then I actually have to dial back that. And I was reminded just yesterday, um, had a phone call with, with my youngest, um, and he wants to move out of, he's been living, uh, actually all of my adult kids live together in the same house. It's kind of beautiful. Um, cool. Yeah, <laughs> my um, son-in-law and my daughter bought a house so that my boys could live 
um, with them. And so it's this weird sibling roommate situation, but, um, he's talking about moving out. And my first response was, Oh no, you know, you've got a good situation, but at the same time, um, moving out is a rite of passage and, um, taking on roommates and paying rent. Those are all good things. So I found myself kind of biting my tongue probably as a result of reading this book. Hmm. Um, I had to sort of settle down my spirit and I just phoned him and said, well, let's talk, you know, let's, let's chat through the options and, and see where this goes. Good Um, for you. Randy always says, when you have adult kids, you get to say something once. And then after that, you just have to get used to the taste of blood. (laughs) I think that's a good way of saying it. Yep. Well, what else would you like to tell us? What do you, what else do you want us to know about this book? Hmm. I think what, what happens through um, there's a point in this book where you leave the story and the memoir and you go into philosophy um, and that follows Augustine's confession. So there's this journey of Augustine following other beliefs other people, other personalities. He goes from mentor to mentor to mentor um, and then kind of st- stumbles upon um, his final understanding of who God is. And that comes from um, a, a priest who he loves kind of his way of speaking. And he also loves his, passion for people and his kindness and that actually breaks through from the philosophy and then he becomes a christian or a christ follower and then the rest of his book the last three chapters are philosophy and Carnes does that with her book she takes you on this journey where you're watching this child grow up and then this child actually goes to her first confession and the fear is that this, first of all, the fear is that she won't actually do her confession, which is this whole story of this kid can't say sorry. (laughs) Um, And so then she's worried that she may not actually go to her first confession. And then she's got to go for, so spoiler alert, this kid does go through her first confession, but then she's got to go up for her first communion. And this child is terrified of, people seeing her. So there's a lot of kind of anxiety in the book. And then the rest of the book, she mirrors Augustine. And so she goes into philosophy Um, and the philosophy it's, it's a mom's pursuit of theology and philosophy. It's really, really brilliant. So um, I would say uh, as a parent, of children trying to follow Jesus. Um, it's a worthwhile read. Wow. Okay. Remind us again, the name of the book and the author. Yeah. The name of the book is motherhood, a confession, and it's written by Natalie Carnes. Thank you so much, Chet. I, I, I'm going to get that book. That sounds so fascinating. I think I have to psych myself up for that much thinking, (laughs) Um, but Hey, over the summer, we've got a little bit more time for that maybe. And uh, I encourage our listeners to, to dive into that. 
Again, thanks so much for being with us. I'm Donna Carter, inviting you to grow on the go. Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com. 